Oh, can we clap our hands to the Lord and give him a great praise? We worship you, Jesus. We thank you today, God. Your presence is in this house, and it's so evident, so real. I can't wait, God, to see what you're going to do. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, surprise us. Raise your hands and say, Jesus, won't you step in and surprise us today? Do a mighty work, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We were in a revival. The revival was going absolutely, I mean, just amazing. We were baptizing people, and God was doing such a marvelous work, people getting the Holy Ghost. And now remember, Brother Tony, he had received the Holy Ghost on a Sunday morning, if my memory is correct, and that Sunday evening he was baptized. When he came up out of the water, I mean, just dripping making a big old mess. It was incredible. He's shouting all over the platform, and the pastor handed him the microphone and said, Brother Tony, you want to testify? And Brother Tony ripped the mic out of his hand, and he just pointed his finger and said, The devil lost another one! 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 <laughs> I feel like the devil's about to lose another one today. Come on, GBFPC. Can you give God a first class praise? Because the devil's about to lose another one. Oh, come on, let's claim it in Jesus' name. Oh, somebody put a praise on it. May 1st, 2022, it's going to be a day somebody is never going to forget. I believe it in Jesus' name. Now, let me just settle this this morning. You know, if you, if you came for a dead, dry, boring service and a Bible study, you came to the wrong church. Because we here at GBFBC, we're on fire for God, and we're one God apostolic tongue-talking holy rollers. We don't do that on Sunday mornings. What we do is we have church. We have church around here. So buckle your seatbelt, honey, and get ready, because the devil is about to have a bad, bad day around here. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I said church. There ain't no R in church. When you really get with it, baby, you got church. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, we fitting to have church. Oh, hallelujah. I'm waking up the young people. Waking up the elders, honey. Turn to your neighbor and say, we fitting to have church. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. We fitting to have ourselves some church. Praise God. Amen. All right, my time starts now. Praise God. Turning in our Bibles to Isaiah, the 61st chapter. Isaiah 61. Thank you, Pastor and Sister Bradford and his wonderful church family. Amen. 
Thank God for what he's about to do. 61, the first chapter of Isaiah, verse number 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings. Now the word for that would be gospel, unto the meek. You sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. This morning, I am going to present to you the most powerful message that has ever been preached. This morning, I am going to simply preach to you the gospel. <laughs> oh, I thought there were some apostolics in the house. This morning, I am going to simply preach to you the gospel. Oh, let's clap our hands to God and give him praise this morning. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and you may be seated this morning. I am a very privileged young man because I have been born and raised in this apostolic way. And, and I am very thankful today for the gospel. I'm thankful for the birth, the life, the death, burial, resurrection, and soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And above that, I can say with the Apostle Paul that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because in my life I have found that it's the power of God unto salvation unto everyone that believes because in that gospel message is the power of God revealed from faith to faith. He said, writing to the church in Corinth, that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto you and I that are saved, that is the power of God. You see that flesh, it's like grass, and the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass is going to wither, and the flower is going to fall away, but the word of the Lord is going to endure forever. When time is no more, this gospel is going to endure. When times are bad, the gospel's going to endure. When times are happy, the gospel's going to endure. When times are sad, the gospel's going to endure. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. When someone comes into contact with the gospel, 
they're changed. There was one that was so full of religion, and his name was Brother Saul. But Brother Saul had a suddenly moment when a light suddenly shined down upon him from heaven. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the voice spoke to him and said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. That light that he experienced, he would later write again to Corinth and say, This gospel, if it is hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. And he calls the gospel a light. A light that would shine this morning. I've got the gospel light and I'm going to shine it in darkness. You might be confused about your relationship with God, but at the end of this service, the light of the gospel is going to shine and you're going to see right where you are and you're going to see that I can be changed from what I am today to what God wants me to be. Is there anybody in the house? that's thankful for the gospel. I wrote down some cute evangelist stuff. Let me read it to you. The gospel is powerful enough to change an alcoholic into an apostolic. It's powerful enough to change a wretched sinner into a worshiping saint, a bank robber into an usher at the door that passes the plate, a hopeless situation into a situation that breathes hope everywhere it goes to turn the darkest heart of the vilest man till that man can shine with the radiance of the glory of God to change brokenness into beauty, to take off the nicotine stains from the fingers and that desire for nicotine out of the heart and out of your psyche. It's powerful enough to change a barroom brawler into a born-again spiritual warrior. I want to testify this morning. God, save me, and I'm thankful for the power of the gospel. Hallelujah. I want to just take a moment right now. I want you all to help me testify. Amen. If you're in this house and you were addicted to alcohol and cigarettes and any type of addiction, but you came in contact with the gospel and the Lord saved you and delivered you in one moment, I want you to stand right now. If you're not ashamed, I want you to testify. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My friend, look around. There's power in the gospel. Oh, that's what I'm talking about right there. Thank God. I was once a sinner, but I've been saved. I was once lost, but now I'm changed. Somebody give God a praise. I hope this ain't too simple. We're preaching the gospel. I hope it ain't too boring. We're preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. My God, you may be seated. What is the gospel? The gospel is the means by which the wide chasm created by sin is bridged. Jesus said it this way in Luke 24 and 46. 
Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day in repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. I'm doing good this morning. Because of sin, there had to be a sacrifice. There's only one legal liquid that's able to deal with the remission of sins. And that's the blood of a crucified one. Verse Timothy 3 and 16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in flesh. This God that manifested himself in flesh. Philippians 2 and 7. He made himself of no reputation and took on him the form of a servant. And he was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Hebrews 9 and 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by by his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sacrifice to purify of the purifying of the flesh, how much more the blood of Christ, who walked through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot unto God, how much more should it purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? His blood was not just blood of another spotless lamb, but his blood was precious blood, for it washed the sins of man. And that blood still heals my body, and it sets my spirit free. I'm so thankful that his precious blood still flows from Calvary. I'm thankful for the cross. I am so thankful for the cross. I'm here to tell you that the blood will never lose its power. There is no sin too great that the cross cannot wash it away. All right, if I go on this morning, you ain't bored yet, are you? It's the gospel. This is what saves us. He was buried. The Bible says that man by the name of Joseph came and, and he loved Jesus and he begged for the body of Jesus. Joseph was in love with the one that had died for his sins. And he said, I've got a tomb over here to bury this man in. And there were some others that did not believe. you got to hang on to this. They did not believe that he was God manifest in the flesh. And they called him. In Matthew 27, 63, they called the Son of God a deceiver. 
They said this deceiver. We're going to have to set some guards about this tomb. Oh yeah, but we know how the story ends. The grave could not hold him. The guards could not hold him. For he came up out of that grave victorious over death. He came back letting hell know I hold the keys. It's amazing. I got to back up and tell you this cool part. Not only was his grave opened, but the grave of others was opened. It was a crazy day because those that also had been dead also came back to life. That's a sign unto me that on May 1st, 2022, that if Jesus came out, I can come out too. There's no sin too deep. There's no stain too dark. I'm coming out. I'm coming out because Jesus came out. Uh Oh, come on somebody. I'm coming out. I'm coming out of addiction. I'm coming out of this because there's power in the blood. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. My desire today is not for you just to hear the gospel, but I want you to identify with the gospel. Jesus died And you've got to die too. Romans 6 and 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. How, brother preacher, do I identify? with Christ let me tell you how you need to repent of your sin you've got to have a violent oh yeah boy that's another 15 minutes right there praise God keep them coming brother this is a two bottle message hallelujah yeah You've got to have a violent confrontation and you need to take responsibility. It ain't mommy's fault. It's not a predisposition. It's not because I'm a cussing German or a mad Irishman. The problem is the nature of this old boy has gotten out of control and Jesus I want to die out to this nature and I repent of my sins. That's how you die. Romans 6 and 3 Man, Jesus was buried. You've got to be buried too. Know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him. Somebody say with him. By baptism unto death. The way that you need to be buried. Once that old man has died, you've got to bury that old man. You don't sprinkle dirt over a dead body. You bury it. And brothers and sisters, you've got to 
bury that man of sin in a watery grave and take on that magnificent name, the name of Jesus. I feel this, for neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Take this old man off of me. Take this cousin boy off of me. Give me Jesus. 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 Oh, somebody clap your hands to the Lord. And Jesus rose again. And you're going to rise. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Brother preacher, how do I rise again? You are filled with the magnificent and precious and unmatched promise and gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the point. When God literally changes you, when it takes out that stony heart and it gives you a heart of flesh, and no, oh, you gotta hear me now. No longer is it religion, but it's about relationship. And he takes his hand and he writes his laws upon your heart. And then he takes his spirit and puts it in that heart so that you're able to fulfill every duty and command hallelujah of the Lord and it's not just oh heaven help me it's not just counting rosary beads it's not just coming and genuflecting in front of a little statue that's never done nothing for you but it is the actual power of God unto salvation every day that you walk you walk better every step you take you walk you step higher because the spirit of God is in you Somebody raise your hands right now and say, God, would you fill me with the Holy Ghost? Come on, close your eyes and lift your hands. God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Brother McAllister, come and get ready. What a day of biblical an eternal proportion it was. When in Luke 4, 16, Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, as was his custom. He came to the synagogue, and he came, and he stood up for to read, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place that we read in our scriptural text this morning, I want you to watch me now. And he read this in Luke 4 and 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Everybody in this house can agree that the gospel is powerful enough to break the cycle of sin 
and addiction. To heal the brokenhearted. But you know what I've come to preach today? It's powerful enough to set at liberty them that are bruised. See, a bruise is a result of a wound that didn't break the skin but left a mark. A bruise can be a wound on its way to healing. And Dr. Luke noted that a bruise can become a prison. How is that, Dr. Luke? The same man that wrote Acts 2.38. Because you can get to the place where you're more concerned with protecting the bruise. And it alters your everyday life. You won't reach for things because of the bruise. I'm preaching right now. We've left the sermon and we've come to the message. And you won't allow yourself to be touched because of the bruise. I've come to preach today that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and bruise. For our iniquities. Let me tell you something. Jesus' wounds revealed that he had a heart that could forgive. Because when he was on the cross, and there was a wound that was given to him on his side. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I know who I am, but they don't. Father, forgive them. And after being risen, he came to his disciples. Oh, Holy Ghost, help me today. He came to his disciples. And there was one by the name of Thomas who said, I don't believe. You see, oh my. he said, I'm not going to believe. Unless I can put my finger in the wound. I'm here to ask you this morning. What do you think that did to Jesus? He had to experience the pain of the wound all over again. Because of unbelief. But he came to Time has healed my wounds, but I'm going to allow you to touch the bruise. I'm not going to hold it against you, Thomas. Go ahead. Touch my bruise. When Thomas touched that bruise, touch that
time does heal all wounds. But only Jesus can heal a bruise. I've often wondered, Joseph, when you saw your brethren, why did you turn and cry? Why did you turn and cry? Why did you empty? Because the very ones that he was seeking for a place among. The very ones that he reached out for and went looking for rejected him. It caused a wound. But time had gone on. When he saw them, it touched his bruise. <laughs> and he turned to them and said, bruised reed shall he not break and a smoking flax he shall not quench he's going to bring forth judgment to truth to open the blinded eyes and to bring out the prisoners from prison that they that sit in darkness how There are some that have been seeking for the Holy Ghost. There are some that are looking to go to the next level in their relationship with God. You come to a point every time where it feels like there's a brick wall. Mm, the Holy Ghost help me right now. I'm here to tell you. You need to let Jesus Come to a place in prayer. You feel the hand of God say, I want to, I want to put my finger on that right there. And you seize up and you stop. But part of repentance, part of dying out, is giving God the wound, the disappointment, and the bruise. God has come this morning with a key. The key of salvation. And he's come to unlock the prison door. And you are going to be bound by the bruise no more. <laughs> the gospel is powerful enough. stand together this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You know what I want us to do this morning? This week, it was Tuesday, the Lord dealt with me. Those that have suffered abuse, spiritual abuse, emotional abuse, and physical abuse. 
God has come. He wants to touch your bruise. Right now, could we just focus on God? I know this is different, a different way of doing altar call, but this is the way we got to do it this morning. Would you just give God every disappointment right now? Would you ask God to change me, Jesus, and bring healing? There is still a balm in Gilead, and there's still healing that flows in that precious blood. Hallelujah, Jesus. Right now, GBFPC and all of those that are with us, can we lift our hands and say, God, would you deliver somebody and would you fill them with your spirit today? Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to sing in a moment. Music, would you please softly begin to play? This is what I feel this morning. Don't be defined by the detriment or live in fear of the offense. His blood is powerful enough to forgive sins and it remains powerful enough to liberate you from the bruise that binds. Is there anybody in this house today that wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost? That wants to be delivered from your past mistakes and every disappointment? Is there anybody, would you be honest and raise your hand right now and say, God, I need the Holy Ghost. Saint and sinner alike. This is how I want us to do it this morning. Would everybody gather in the well? And GBFPC, would you be sensitive? And let's have ourselves a Holy Ghost prayer meeting this morning. This altar call is about repentance. I'm inviting everybody in this house. Would you come and repent of your sins?